Good morning, Skillman Church of Christ. What a beautiful song to start this sermon series on today. What beautiful faces to see out there uh, today. Thank you for coming to Skillman Church of Christ. If you are a visitor here today, uh, welcome. This is a wonderful family. If you stick around long enough after, probably someone will invite you to lunch. So stick around, try to look a little lost after services, and someone will try to find you and uh, treat you to lunch. We're so happy you are here today. This is actually uh, week two of a sermon series called Sing. And it's kind of a, a cool deal that we're doing because normally what happens is uh, what we do is that we come up with the sermon topic, the sermon text, we come up with the outline, and then we send it to the people who sing, uh, the, the song leaders. And then during the course of the week, they take that, that outline, the topic, the synopsis, and what they do is they come up with a song service. They choose songs that complement the sermon title, the sermon text. 
and it all, the, the goal is for it to all flow in a nice way. But this series, for the next, well, the next week, the, the three-week series we're doing, it's kind of the opposite. What we've done is we've asked the song leaders, hey, what you, if you could choose a song that moves you, if you, a song that you love, the melody, the harmony, but also the lyrics really pierce your heart and it's transformative, tell us what that song is and we will incorporate our sermon based on that song. And so I think last week it was the Amazing Grace. I mean, Jake taught an amazing lesson last week on Amazing Grace. And Rebecca, did you, did you arrange that Amazing Grace? That was absolutely amazing. I mean, let's give a round of applause one more time, because that was just beautiful. <laughs> professional, professional. <laughs> and so uh, today, uh, Josue and I, we went back and forth uh, about what songs. I said, Josue, you know, I, I talked to him, I sent him a text, hey, what song should we do? A couple of days went by, you know, a couple more days went by. And uh, finally, last week, I get a text, and Josue said, man, this is really hard. <laughs> I like too many songs. But he gave me uh, some choices, and then we narrowed it down to this particular song, which is, uh, you make me, God, well, what's the name of the song? <laughs> beautiful Things, Beautiful Things is the name of the song. And so today, this sermon will be centered around the lyrics of this song, looking at the text behind it, the meaning behind it. I've looked at interviews with those who wrote the song, and the goal is for us to be transformed through this song. Because if there's anything about the Skillman Church of Christ, is we love to sing the power of singing and even the collective nature. We're all singing together. It's a, it's a great symbolism of who we can be together as a body. The collective natures of our voices make this beautiful sound. Imagine if the collective energy is putting together can make this world a better place. And uh, so throughout the sermon, we'll also be singing part of that song again. So get ready to join in in song as we hit particular parts of this song and how it uh, pertains to our spiritual life. So, uh, there's basically three observations. Three observations that this song brings to the table about who we are as Christians and also our role in the world today. Three observations, and the song really begins, the very first verse, the very first stanza, begins with this acknowledgement that life is hard. That life brings difficulties, that there are curveballs in life, that it's not always easy. So if the praise team, if you could sing us, lead us again in that very first verse as we meditate on just this part of the song that articulates the truth that we all experience, that life can be challenging. Oh, this pain, I wonder if I'll ever find my way. I wonder if my life could really change at all. All this sir, could all that is lost ever be found? Could a garden come up from this ground at all? The beautiful thing about songs and poetry is they put into words difficult truths, truths that we all can resonate with. How many of you resonate with this right here in your life? Have you ever been in a time where you've been asking these same questions? Well, this song actually brings imagery that puts us back to the very beginning of our story, the story in Genesis. And if you have your Bibles today, turn all the way to the very, very front to the book of Genesis chapter 2. 
If you, have one, if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles that are in front of the pews in front of you. And it, this particular chapter is on page 4. Page 4. Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to start reading in verse 7. Where the imagery that this song uses is put on full display. Because in Genesis chapter 2, it's a story of God creating the world. And we have the story of this amazing, loving God speaking life into existence. And in chapter 2, it tells us how he formed humanity. Because it says in verse 7, Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. It's amazing imagery. You see, I can imagine this imagery of a potter taking clay and molding a person. Just as a potter is a work of art, so is God molding Adam in this story. And then a couple of pages later on page 6 in Genesis chapter 3. This is after Adam and Eve have eaten of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. There God is speaking to Adam and Eve there, and he speaks about dust again and reminds Adam and Eve about their dust and their origins. And it says in verse 19, For dust you are, and to dust you will return. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. So the first observation of this particular song in our theological, and our, our spiritual life is this, that we are made of dust. That we are made of dust. And I don't know if many of you have participated in an Ash Wednesday service. Have you guys done that before? Where you go up and the, as, as the tradition is, you go up to the front and someone puts this uh, with ash across on your forehead. And the person says to you, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is an incredible statement of humility. It's, it puts us in our place, it reminds us that we are not God, that we were created by God, by the dust of the earth. We had a, a, a regeneration on Wednesday night. We had an Ash Wednesday service, and we invited all of the people participating in that particular service on Wednesday, and these are people who are part of a 12-step program uh, called Regeneration. Uh, some of them are battling addiction. Some of them have just recently uh, left prison. And I was always, in the, in the months leading up to this, there was this one lady who was just, she was just, uh, what's the word? Hard. <laughs> Hard may be the word. She it was almost like this shell that she didn't want to crack. And we would speak to her and talk to her, and you know, she was cold and kind of guarded. But that Ash Wednesday service, when we were telling each and every one of us, remember, telling each person, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. As we were about to end, at the very close, this lady walks to the front and is in tears, just in tears. I'd never seen emotion from her like I'd seen. And with tears going down her face, we, we put this the ash on her forehead and re reminded her, remember, you are dust and to dust you shall return. And to her, it was a statement of, a statement of remembering and also acknowledging that, her, that she is dust. That we were created from the same substance, 
of the earth. And just as a tree will grow from the earth and have imperfections and grow here and grow there and not be a perfect symmetrical tree, just like that, we also as humans, we aren't perfect. We are dust. We are made of dust. We have error. We, we, we fall. We're not, we, have, we have pain, insecurities. We forget things. We forget people's names. We sometimes lose our car keys. Sometimes we don't know where our phone is, and we realize that it's in our hand the whole time. I mean, who hasn't felt broken? Who hasn't felt dirty? Who hasn't felt worthless? If we are human, if we're honest, we've all felt these things because we are made of dust. I mean, sometimes we do really stupid things. It doesn't matter who you are. In this audience right here, there are people who make lots of money. There are people who are barely getting by. There's people who have changed or changing the world as we live in. There's people who are just now starting their career. But we all have this same thing in common. We are all made of dust. All of us. I mean, Nikita, even Eric Johnson is made of dust. Even though he got 17,000 votes yesterday. Is he made of dust? He is made of, we're all, it doesn't matter who you are. We are all made of dust. And so, you know, this is vocabulary for you. Next time you mess up, or you put your foot in your mouth in a conversation, just say, hey, I'm sorry, it's my dust speaking. <laughs> or, you know, if someone, if you're having a really bad day, say, oh, man, this dust is killing me today. Or if someone cuts you off in Dallas traffic, you can say, I forgive you. I forgive your dust today for cutting me off. We are all made of dust. But I tell you what, this is where the Jesus story takes a turn. That's not where the story ends. Because the author of this song, Michael Gunger, they are in a band called Gunger. Michael and his wife, Lisa, wrote this song together. And in an interview where he's asking about the significance of this song, uh, this is what Michael Gunger wrote. He said, my wife Lisa and I wrote the song together based on experiences at our local church. We were seeing our friends going through suffering and pain. This song is an expression of hope that God will make beautiful things out of dust in our lives. And God will somehow use us, use our obedience and love, our feeble human effort, and build himself a kingdom. I see that God is using suffering to bring us closer to him. Praise team, would you mind leading us into that second stanza? <clears throat> All around hope is springing up from this old ground out of chaos life is being found in you What an incredible message. Observation number two is this, is that God makes beautiful things out of dust. You are dust, but here's the great part of the story, is that God makes beautiful things out of dust. I mean, in fact, right now, just because I like to do this, turn to the person to your left or to your right and say, you are dust 
but you are beautiful dust. <laughs> Tell to him right now, you are dust, but you are beautiful dust. <clears throat> you are beautiful dust. God formed us as humans out of the dust of the earth, but he has made us into his masterpiece. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece. Yes, we are made of dust. But my friends, we are beautiful dust. Because God has made us into something beautiful. Even though we mess up. Even though we have imperfections. Even though we have insecurities. The God of Scripture looks at us and calls us beautiful and loves us. When I was talking to Josue about the significance to him in this song, he, we were exchanging texts back and forth. And I could resonate with him because he spoke about this song really becoming powerful to him upon the birth of his son, Paolo. When he was in the hospital room, and for nine months he'd been anticipating holding his son for the first time, not knowing the emotions that would come, not knowing what would happen. But when he held his son in his hand for the first time and looked at him, there was nothing but love. I mean, Paolo was a mess. He, wasn't, he was a mess. He just went through labor. That's a, that's a stressful activity. You know, and he was crying. He, was, he hadn't done anything to, to earn it. Didn't, he didn't contribute to the paycheck. In fact, he probably heard it. But there was nothing but love. Paolo, in the eyes of Josue and Debbie, was beautiful. Beautiful. This is a beautiful thing with such an innocent, small creature. And this is the message about this particular thing, is that there are some people right now that have come to this church who feel that you are not worthy of God's love. That you haven't done enough yet to be getting God's favor. That you haven't given enough, or you haven't served enough, or you haven't done what was required of you. And there might be some insecurity of how the divine, the creator of the world, views and sees you. But this is a message. Just like Josue looking at Paolo. It could be also equated that, that our Father looks at humanity without us even having to earn it initially. There is love. There is love. And we are beautiful. There, my wife and I went to this conference recently in New Mexico, and the speaker, one of the speakers was talking about how he went to someone's house, and as he was leaving the house, he saw this sign above the door. And both Tara and I, we listened to this, and I think we want to make the same sign. And maybe we should put the sign on the back of the church, too. <laughs> how about I tell you what the sign says before we make that decision? <laughs> the sign in, in, at the, at the uh, front of this door was, all of you is welcome here. All of you is welcome here. You know, you, you would think it would be all of you are welcome here, but that is makes a big difference. All of you is welcome here. All of you is welcome here. And how beautiful of an imagery that is for those from the faith that all of you, your dust, your, win, your, your successes, your, fa your failures, your wins and your losses, all of it, the complete package, all of you, all of you is welcome and is beautiful in the eyes of God. Max Lucado, he has that famous quote that says, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you there. He wants you to be like Jesus. 
God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you there. He wants you to be just like Jesus. Which brings us to observation number three in this song, is that God makes all things new. That God is in the business of transformation, of regeneration, of restoration. That God is in the process of making all things new. In fact, when, when uh, they were interviewing Gunger about this song, they asked, well, what Bible text was the inspiration behind this song, Beautiful Things? And he said, well, it was Revelation chapter 21. And if you have your Bibles right now, you are at the very, very front of the Bible. Now turn all the way to the very, very end, the second to last chapter. We were in the second chapter. Now go to the second to last chapter, Revelation chapter 21. If you have the Bible in front of your, in front of your pew, that's page 1,900. And 36. 1,936. And this is the last book in the entire New Testament. And in the 21st chapter of Revelations, in verse 4, John is receiving a vision from God in this particular book. It was written about 60 years after the resurrection of Jesus. And John is there in the isle, the island of Patmos. And he's receiving these visions about what the world will be, the future of, of, of this world that God is working on. And on verse, in verse 4, it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Three quick observations about, nerdy Bible observations about this text. <laughs> Number one, in the Greek, in the ancient Greek, this phrase, Behold, I make all things new. This isn't in the past tense. It isn't in the future tense. The verb tense that's used in this particular passage is present. It's happening right now. That God is making all things new. It's not he made all things new. It's not he will make all things new when we do these things. It is God right now. God is making all things new. It's the present tense of the verb. The second thing is that the word new is the Greek word kaine. And this word doesn't signify, it doesn't mean a whole new thing, like a new creation. What this signifies in the Greek is a, is a restoration. It's something that's already there that is getting better. It's new in character. Another word for it is fresh, recent. And the third observation is that this news must have been so amazing to John that God had to remind John to write it down. <laughs> because... He's, he, I guess he was so amazed that he wasn't writing it down. So in verse 5, God did say, hey, write, write these words because <laughs> they're true and faithful because they are so amazing. This is a testament that God is up to something in the world. And this song speaks to that, that God is making things new. Racism, the wage gap, discrimination, that we as Christians have hope that God is doing something about these horrible things. That over time, with Christians as the body of Christ, we can work also in, with God in redeeming and restoring the world to the way that it was created to be, where there is love and kindness and goodness 
and forgiveness and joy. This is the promise that we have. I mean, have any of you seen the destruction of a forest fire? I mean, they had that one just past year, the camp, the campfire fire, uh, campfire, but it was a destructive fire. But if you also look at instances where there was a forest fire 15 years prior or 20 years, what they have shown is that the vegetation after the fire is way more dense, it's healthier, that after the forest fire has time to rebuild and grow, what they have shown is that it is healthy for trees to experience this, and that in the long term, it makes the trees stronger, it makes the vegetation healthier, it makes it a more, uh, it's, it's a healthier, greener place. And in fact, there are not, of course, you guys know this, that there are forest people now who actually plan forest fires. They do it on purpose because it helps these forests become healthier. So that same force, if you were to see a before and after picture of this ash on the ground and dust, but then you see 15 years later just trees and growth and new plants that have sprung up, that same force, that same God, that is building up these plants and rejuvenating the forest is the same God that takes the dust that we are and transforms us and makes us better and grows us and challenges. Out of our dust, out of the ashes of our defeat, we have faith that Christ is working, that the resurrected Christ is resurrecting us, and that God reminds us that it's beautiful, this transformation process. If you guys could sing one more time the, uh, the stanza uh, on this particular passage of you make me new, speaking of what this is, and feel free to, to join along in song. You make me new, you are making me new. You ask you this church do you guys believe it do you believe this yes <laughs> that's what I love to hear do you believe this do you believe that the God of scripture the God is making you new right now and this is incredible news because you are dust yes you're beautiful dust but you're still dust and God right now is working in you restoring you Michael Gunger the author of the song in the same interview he asked, well, what's the hope for this song in the lives of the people that listen to it and to sing it? He wrote, or he said in the interview, that if leading worship is just about bringing a group of people into a room so we can get goosebumps and sing songs together, there's not much value in that. But if leading worship is a means to an end, that we leave this place as a different kind of people, as part of a new humanity that God wants to create, 
the people that are caring for the widows and orphans that aren't bound by the systems of this world, but becoming free, becoming fully engaged in our world, then that matters. And that's a challenge for today, my brothers and sisters. Are we going to allow the words of this song, not, not just the song, but all the songs we sing, the scriptures that we read, the, the words that we hear, are we going to allow these to actually make us into better people who are out in the world making a difference, who are out helping solve the problems that we see each and every day? Are we allowing this to transform us into people that are kinder, more loving, more generous, more forgiving? Are we allowing this message to truly, truly make us new? Because it can do it. Are we allowing it to happen? The challenge, the challenge today for each and every one of us is for us to embrace our dust and to realize that in our dust, that God loves all of us, all of our dust, all of us, we're welcome here, and to trust in God's restoration in our life. The invitation song that we're going to sing right now was actually Josue's second choice. Uh, and it speaks about God's faithfulness. And as we stand and sing this next song, uh, the invitation is there for you to listen to these words, to really believe what you sing. May we sing so loud that the walls of this church begin to shake of, because of our belief and re, just resoluteness that we believe in the words of these songs. At this time, as we do each and every week, we want to offer anyone who needs prayers uh, to come forward. We'll have the elders on the side of this building if you need any prayers whatsoever. There's also the person to your left or to your right. I'll be up front for those that also might need prayers. If you are interested in baptized, getting baptized, getting baptized Please uh, let me know, and uh, we can be here today uh, to assist you in that. But why don't you come while we together we stand and sing about God's faithfulness here and now. <laughs> 